This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right. Hey, everybody. It is Kenny and Heilprin. It is a Monday. It is a show I never thought I'd, I'd do, especially on a day like today. It is Monday, October 3rd. I'm Ben Kenny. No Zach Heilprin today. He is home with COVID. His voice has kind of left him. Hope he is doing better as the days go on. Uh, tough time for that to obviously come down, given the recent news. Again, what, Monday, October 3rd, Wisconsin got absolutely trucked against a Brett Bielema-led Illinois team on Saturday. They then fired head coach Paul Christ on Sunday. And here we are. Jim Leonard is your interim coach. There was a press conference, Leonard and Chris McIntosh, athletic director, last night. We move forward. The Paul Christ era is over. 67-26. and 26. Three Big Ten West titles. Two New York Six Bowl appearances. He finished one loss lower than Brett Bielema on the all-time Wisconsin wins list. I think he finished one game better than Bo Pelini at Nebraska. For those that want to go and draw those parallels. Uh, this is an emergency podcast. We will be live again tomorrow from 6 to 7 o'clock. Zone Madison and then obviously in podcast form. We will be live Thursday from 5 to 6 at Monk's Bar and Grill. But I couldn't let yesterday's happenings and news go without a true breakdown. Kind of a, a rambling thought. I don't know. This isn't, I kind of structured it. There are some things I want to hit. This is more a, a significant rambling of my thoughts that I will then post, and we'll break them all down as the week goes along. It's crazy. I was floored when I saw the news. I was working out, watching the Packers game in, my, in the gym, in my building, and there isn't service there. So normally when I'm in there, the TV's on, I kind of know that no one can reach me, which sometimes is quite stressful if stuff's going on. Other times it's quite freeing because sometimes people just need to lay off and shut up. Yet I am able sometimes to get text messages. So I don't know. This is around 3.44 o'clock. I got a text and it said, Paul Chris is going to get fired today. And I looked at it and I was running on the treadmill. I I, I almost did that thing where you put one foot on the right side and then the other you try to take off, but then it doesn't come off and you get flown and thrown into the wall behind you. I avoided it narrowly as I tried to get on my phone. I couldn't load anything, though. And I, I, I texted back, and it hadn't happened yet. So I was like, okay, Twitter will blow up. We'll do all that stuff later. Finish my workout. Go back up to, to my apartment. I call, and I'm on the phone. And immediately, Adam Rittenberg tweets out, Paul Christ out as Wisconsin head football coach. Uh, Jim Leonard named the interim Patricus then confirmed it, and here we are. It is, uh, I'll do this. I'm going to outline what we're going to get to, and then we'll get into the immediate thoughts, what it means, what is to come. There is the why here, which I'll get to in a second. The why now, because the timing, I think, is the most by far interesting part of all of this. There's the who's next, whether it's Leonard or someone else bunch of candidates, some Vegas lines, as well as thoughts on what each one would bring. There is what happens after that, the hiring of the new staff, what this program needs to change, um, 
how good of a job this Wisconsin job really is. And then a bunch of questions you guys sent to me. So that's kind of how it'll it'll break down. Um, this isn't really following any form or structure. Again, this is just a lot of rambling thoughts uh, about a crazy 24 hours in this state. So Chris McIntosh, obviously, is the athletic director. It's a new regime, right? Paul Chris was Barry Alvarez's guy or one of the Alvarez guys. I think the uh, they could have been quicker to the trigger, if you will, given the fact that McIntosh is new and maybe this is you know, his mark going forward on the program. The why is very clear. Chris McIntosh does not see Paul Christ as the long-term answer for the Badgers at head coach. Whether the move was made now or at the end of the year or whenever, I think it was coming. A loss to Illinois like that, 35-10 to 10 or whatever it was, expedites things, no doubt. Yet, after Washington State, after Ohio State, after how this team looks, and like you look at this football team that, again, got drubbed by Illinois on Saturday. They don't do anything well. The Wisconsin identity has kind of left this program, at least it has for this year and parts of last year as well. So that's the why. Chris McIntosh did not see Paul Christ as the long-term answer. Now, um, why wait or why don't wait? Why do it now? instead of waiting until the end of the season, that's that's the big question, and, and we'll get into that in a second. The other, like, why did this happen? Um, I look to the revamping of the staff, and Paul Christ in the offseason was given a fresh slate, if you will, after 2021 and after 2020, said, hey, rebuild the offensive staff, rebuild your staff. It kind of gives him another free go at it. Now, when all of that happened... And actions speak louder than words in this scenario. Paul Christ hiring a completely new staff is him and the program telling you that, you know, he's given another chance. And this is kind of not his last chance, but this is a really important part of his career at Wisconsin. And this could either be the turning point to good things down the road or poor things. I didn't really think it would collapse as fast as it did, I guess, in terms of Christ and the staff, but... Look at what is wrong with this team, if you will. They can't run the ball. The offense has really struggled. The defense, which replaced eight starters, is struggling as well. But the most glaring thing from Saturday, they ran for two yards. And the team as a whole fell flat in the second half. They came out with less life than I can ever remember a Wisconsin team having. Many have brought up 2008 in that regard. Compared to Penn State of 2008, they were lifeless. Um, the revamping of the staff hasn't worked. And I thought it would give him a full year to see if, as time goes on, that staff could maybe do a difference. But from what you've seen, it, it's clearly a trend. Ohio State was one thing. I gave a lot of credit to the Buckeyes. I expected Wisconsin to come back and compete and battle. And, I mean, for lack of a better term, overwhelm Illinois, a program you should be superior to and definitely in the trenches, but also in every facet of the game. So them losing, I think, uh, shows you more about the staff and how the revamping of the team kind of went. Um, It's not an outlier performance. It's something we've seen for years. So that's, I mean, overall the why as I see it. The whole Paul Christ press conference thing, I don't really buy into that they wanted to get rid of him because he lost, people said, I've heard 
Oh, he's lost the locker room. Oh, he doesn't bring any, uh, what's the word, any energy to the to the podium, just in general, in public. The energy thing I'll get to. In terms of losing the locker room, uh, 100%, I can disagree with that. You look at a bunch of the tweets coming out, Braylon Allen, Nick Herbig, Caden Johnson, a lot of the leaders on the team and older guys, um, as well as those who had previously played for the program, expressing their admiration and love for Coach Christ. I don't think there's any way he lost the locker room. I don't know why they came out so dead in the second half against Illinois, but to say he lost the locker room because uh, calling him bland, I disagree with that thought. Um, in terms of bringing energy, like, does it look worse when you're losing and also there's no energy in public? I think it does. Now, it all of it works when you're winning. None of that matters. Yet, when you're losing and there seems to be a a lethargic sense around the program. I think that could play in a little bit, but I don't think it's the reason that a move was made. This is about Chris McIntosh having a long-term view of the program and not thinking it's best under Chris during that time. When he looks five years in the future, he didn't see Paul Chris, I don't think, as the head coach at Wisconsin, even before the Illinois game. And then that expedited things, and here we are. So the important thing here, why now? Why did Chris McIntosh and everybody make this decision to fire him on October 2nd? The team's 2-3. and three. They still, I mean, this sounds crazy to say. The Big Ten West is still very winnable. The division sucks. Uh, the Northwestern team they were playing this weekend is horrible. Wisconsin's 10-point favorites. They fired a head coach. They are 10-point favorites, which is nuts. At Evanston, at that. So why do this now? Number one. Uh, Leonard gets the interim tag to start and is likely the coach. Now, many are seeing the rest of this season as a tryout of sorts for Jim Leonard as head coach, and I disagree with that. I think it's unfair to put a guy like that in a position with this team that is struggling, lacks an identity, and especially on offense, which he doesn't really do, defensive coordinator, to ask him to turn it around instantly, I think is really unfair, and I don't think that's what they're doing here. I think this is more... They are giving him a trial, more than a tryout, if you will. Nothing that happens over the next months, I think, will dissuade them from hiring Leonard. I think it's a question of Leonard and McIntosh get in a room at the end of the season, have a discussion. McIntosh asks Leonard if he wants to be the long-term full-time head coach. Leonard will say yes or no. And they'll also talk about whether they think Leonard's ready because it's a young guy. He's been coaching at Wisconsin for, what, five, six years now? hasn't been a head coach in college, there could be a scenario out there where Leonard knows he's going to be head coach of this program at some point. Maybe he doesn't think this is the best time. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I see the interim tag and the rest of this season working like, where if Jim Leonard wants the job and thinks he's ready, I think he gets it. And honestly, I'm in favor of that. You keep him around. You don't lose him. You let him craft a great offensive staff, which I'll get to in a little bit. Um, Otherwise, let's say there's the scenario that Leonard says, you know what? No, I don't I don't want the job yet, or I don't think I'm ready. Maybe you go another direction, which I could see happening in theory. I don't know. Um, doing this move now sets you up in the running for national head coaching candidates. It's that simple. If you had fired Paul Christ after the regular season, during bowl season, you just are not as much in the running for very highly touted guys, one of them, 
obviously being Lance Leipold, former UW-Whitewater coach and now at Kansas. The way that college football works these days is it. I saw people write earlier today, the SEC-ization of the Big Ten is this move to fire Paul Christ. I disagree with that. It's what recruiting has done to the college football calendar. Coaches feel the need to get into their new program with enough time to create a class and construct one for the early signing period and actually go compete immediately when they're there. And that includes the portal, which we've seen with Lincoln Riley, especially, and Lane Kiffin um, there at USC and Ole Miss, respectively. So what this does is you kind of have to get rid of a guy early. We're seeing it. There are five jobs now open. Scott Frost, Herm Edwards, gone Colorado, Georgia Tech as well. You have to give yourself time to woo these top candidates if you want to go after them so that they can come in your program and leave their program early, and it's a ruthless business in that way, but to have them come in, get a recruiting class together, keep the guys they can keep, and move forward. Obviously, if Leonard stays, not a lot of that is necessary because hopefully he can keep much of their future classes uh, intact, and especially the one coming in next year, as well as the roster, as well as the guys that are in the program now. Hopefully, Leonard staying is enough stability for them to stay around. That's something only time will tell. I can't tell you one way or the other whether that happens. Will losing the rest of this year maybe hinder uh, his ability to keep guys around? I think there could be something to that. They could look at greener pastures elsewhere, not really consider somewhat of a rebuild, definitely with at least a new offensive staff coming in. Um, but that's the, that's the why now. Um, I, I hope it ends up being Leonard. I hope they find at least some success throughout the rest of this season, turn it around a bit, at least energy-wise and fight-wise in the second half of games, so that a lot of the leaders and, and top players can come back. And Because next year, I mean, I've said it, 2023, I at least somewhat view as this team's best shot to win the Big Ten or the last best shot because of the talent they're going to have on the field. Yet, what have we seen this year and last year? A lot of times talent, especially on the offensive line, doesn't directly equate to to winning. And, and this year, it would be unfair to say that without noting the injuries and the illness with Jack Nelson at Ohio State and all that stuff. So that's the why now. Um, overall, I mean, it's just an unprecedented move. I think it's that simple. It's either going to prove to be genius doing this when they did, or it's going to prove, I think, to be somewhat of a premature disaster. There is a scenario out there where all the players leave and Wisconsin isn't able to immediately find their identity again, and it takes a lot of time to rebuild that. You would hope that Leonard, at least for the rest of the year, is enough of a stopgap to make sure a dismantling doesn't happen, and then either he is there or they bring someone in that can have immediate success. With the portal, again, that's more possible today than it's ever been. That's just what I hope ends up being the outcome here. Uh, so it'll either be really smart. What if they get Leipold and he's, you know, the second coming of Saban and I was going to say the second coming of Christ, but that sounds too much like Christ. So not going to go there. But maybe it all works out perfectly. I don't really see a middle ground here. I don't know if it's just going to be a, oh, yeah, they could have done it now. They could have done it at the end of the season. It's one of those decisions that, I mean, you're taking a gamble. Um it's either really going to work out well or it's going to take a couple years, four to five even, for this program to get back to top of the West type football. And hopefully it happens quickly. So that's the why. 
That's the why now. Um, I'm going to take a sip of water because I'm sitting in a studio. I've been sitting in a studio for seven hours today. It's one of those it's one of those days. Uh, the day-to-day duties gets in the way of me rambling about Wisconsin football at times. Uh, on, to the, on to the who's next. So I think if Leonard wants the job, it's his. I think it's that simple. In the event that I outlined earlier that he might not want it or might not think he's ready yet, who else could it be? There are a lot of candidates I've seen tossed out there. Actually, first, let's do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you some Vegas odds, and then I will give you my reaction. I'm sure as I get through these, many of you listening maybe think the same. Odds to be the next Wisconsin Badgers head coach, courtesy of Bet Online. Tom Dinehart tweeted it out earlier. He covers Purdue for rivals. Number one, Jim Leonard. He is two to one. Number two, Alabama analyst Bill O'Brien. I'm going to let that name breathe for a second. Bookmark that. We're going to return to it. Number three, Lance Leipold, Kansas, five to one. I agree. Number uh, four, Dave Aranda. He is 6-1 to one at Baylor. And then Sean Lewis, another guy with Wisconsin ties from Kent State. He's 8-1. to one. Dave Doran, NC State, former Wisconsin defensive coordinator at 10-1. to one. Matt Rule, the Panthers head coach, soon to be fired, likely, at 12-1. to one. Tom Herman, 14-1. to one. Bookmark that, too. We're going to return to it. Matt Campbell, Iowa State, 16-1. to one. Chris Peterson, 18-1. to one. And Dan Mullen, ESPN analyst, 20-1. to one. Don't bookmark the last one. Let's not talk about it. Dan Mullen's not freaking coming to Wisconsin. The first name to revisit, Mr. Bill O'Brien. He was in the NFL for years. He then, like many coaches do, went back to Alabama to try to get a restart. He's been at Penn State. He is 3-1 to one and second highest on these odds. When I retweeted this, every single one of my mentions was, oh, Bill O'Brien. Many said they would... Uh, rescind their fandom. They would stop watching games if they hired Bill O'Brien. Listen, we talk about the why and the why now of Wisconsin firing Paul Christ. You do not fire Paul Christ on October 2nd when you're two and three to hire freaking Bill O'Brien. I can confidently say there is no way in the world Bill O'Brien is the, uh, is the outcome here. And if he is, I will be the most wrong person in America. There is, I'm confident saying that. I did once say Purdue wouldn't win the West this year, but other things have gone on. This is, I, I'm going to stamp this. This is stamped with the Kenny Mark of approval. Bill O'Brien is not the next Wisconsin head coach. This is, in my eyes, his agent working as hard as he can for him because he goes to Alabama. There are going to be a lot of openings. What do all coaches at Alabama do? All the assistants, they find new jobs. He just wants Bill O'Brien's name everywhere. So other programs overbid. The agent's making Bill O'Brien money. Bill O'Brien is not the next head coach of Wisconsin. The other name I said to bookmark, Tom Herman, 14-1. to Don't bookmark him for head coach. I don't think he'll be Wisconsin's next head coach. However, in the event that Jim Leonard stays, what is Jim Leonard going to have to do? And I'm going to get to this in a minute. He needs to, more importantly than anything, honestly, more important than who the next head coach is, I think, is who they hire around them. This is a program that if you get Leonard or if you get Leipold, 
are you actually going to have great, intelligent, dynamic people coaching the offensive side? Because to me, you put Leonard on defense. He's the head coach. He's the face of the program. Maybe he gets Bostad back on that side. April's there as well. And then he's able to reshape an entire offensive staff. What if he hires Tom Herman, former Texas coach? He's with the Bears now. Being with the Bears is probably uh, detracting, if anything, uh, obviously, because they're a disaster. Yet, I I don't know. He had a lot of success at Texas offensively. I like him as an offensive mind. He's had success with quarterbacks before. He is a personality. He's a big name. What does that lead to, possibly? Recruiting. Other good names joining the staff. Tom Herman is offensive coordinator I'm talking myself into. Um, there are a lot of options there, though. But that's it's so pivotal because... If Leonard's great on defense and he has a great staff around him there and they recruit well, none of that will matter unless he hires great minds on offense and great people to lead that unit. Because right now, I think everybody can agree, it's not the best run unit where we stand through five games this season. So uh, big decisions coming there. Uh, Lance Leipold, I mean, he's the hot name here. He's going to be wooed by everybody. It could be Wisconsin versus Nebraska for him. If Wisconsin chooses to go that route, a lot of the names that I would mention in addition to that Vegas odds list, the key is they're program builders that do a lot with not terrific recruiting. Lance Leipold is one of them. Dave Dorn is one of them, even though he has had some good classes recently. Aranda at Baylor is one of them. Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, I'll throw in there. Matt Campbell at Iowa State. It's guys that can come in and buy in and be significant additions to the Wisconsin culture and with the players the Badgers get still be able to succeed, right? Like, I don't think you could bring in, everyone jokingly says Urban Meyer, but genuinely, I'm convinced that Urban Meyer couldn't succeed at Wisconsin. And I could be wrong, but I don't think he can get all the five stars here. And without the five stars, I don't think, I don't think he could really play into the Wisconsin identity well. I don't think it would work. So, for that reason, a lot of the names I'm looking at that are all attractive names are program-type builders that are able to do well without terrific recruiting. Now, the hope is Wisconsin improves in that regard, and I'll get to that in a bit too. Um, it's kind of a, a weird crossroads here, McIntosh deciding who is next, if it's not Leonard still. And again, 85-90% of me says it's Leonard at the start of next season. McIntosh could buck a, a very significant trend here and try to go outside the building. Even Lance Leipold has obviously Wisconsin ties with Whitewater, and he was an analyst back in the day. Sean Lewis has Wisconsin ties. Doran, Aranda, they all have Wisconsin ties. What if he tries to go outside the building and guy that can fit the Wisconsin identity but isn't or wasn't it, wasn't raised by it, if you will? It's really interesting how McIntosh approaches this hiring cycle because this is his department now. And all of what is going to happen in the future is going to be a result of the decisions made this offseason. It's really, really hard to uh, overstate. I think that's the right saying. I don't know. It, it's hard to say enough how important this offseason and this season is for the future of the Wisconsin program. It really feels like it can go one of two ways. So uh, hopefully the smart decisions are made. Um, if it's not Leonard, as I mentioned, do we see recruits turn away? 
I think likely, honestly, with the firing of Christ, I don't think that's going to affect recruiting much directly. I think a lot of the top recruits, especially those on, obviously those on defense, but like think about your outside linebacker recruits, kind of coming to the program for Jim Leonard. Uh, and I could be wrong there, but that's a sense I have. Offensive line, it's that's the brand of Wisconsin. The Badgers don't recruit offensive skill position players that well. So I don't know. Leonard and the movement to him, I don't think will have a big negative impact on recruiting. Uh, a little more on the new staff. Um, and by the way, you're listening to this on podcast. I should have said this earlier. And honestly, I might throw a little mention in there uh, in the post-editing process. Go go leave a review. Go subscribe. Uh, help me pay my salary. Leave a five-star review. Uh, help Help boost the podcast. Zach and I, uh, I'm sure, I can't wait till he's back because I want to get his thoughts. I know he is. Uh, he has a lot of thoughts when it comes to all of this, and I'm excited for him to return. But go like, five-star review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We post two podcasts a week now that are live shows. This is a special occasion, a third one. But help me pay my salary. The bosses are happier when the five-star reviews come in more. Um, I do appreciate you all listening, though. It is a Monday afternoon or night or maybe a Tuesday when you're listening to this. So not really a normal schedule for what we do on our show. The The hiring of the new staff and a couple more things to hit here. I know I'm going long, but whatever. I don't care. The hiring of the new staff. Paul Chris, offensive staff, I can confidently say this, will not stay around next season. Engram, the guys that he brought in, Al Johnson, um, Bostad I think will, but that's one of the long carryovers. The guys that have recently joined this program under Christ, I do not think will stick around next season. If Leonard is the coach, I could see some, maybe a Alvis Witted stay. Um, but I don't know. It really feels like the new coach, whether it's Leonard or someone else, is kind of going to push aside the, uh, the old, you know, like Chris Herring still being there as a coach on the offensive side of the ball. If there's an outside guy coming in, 100%. There will be a new look offensive staff. But even if Leonard, I think he makes an effort to retool it. And we overuse the word modernize the offense, but really like infuse some damn life into the offense and stick with the same identity. But it just can't be as dead as it's been the last couple of years. So uh, Leonard will rebuild it. A new coach might gut it all. Again, the new staff, I think one of the reasons Paul Christ is not currently the Wisconsin head coach, especially on the offensive side. The most important decisions Leonard would make, again, how does he build the offensive staff? Is there experience? Tom Herman could fit all of these uh, angles right here. Experience, big money. Are they paying the assistants a lot? Are they great recruiters? What scheme do they bring? What do they add to what Wisconsin does well? Tom Herman could fit under that entire umbrella, but you need a program guy at the top. You need a leader of the program, an ambassador for it, and one that maybe is a little more energetic on the recruiting trail than Paul Christ, but you need great assistance around him. Why is Nick Saban so great? Why is Ryan Day so great? Why is Dabo so great? Because they surround themselves with really smart people. And I do think Paul Christ has made some poor hiring decisions as of late that has uh, led to, I guess, the downturn of a really good stretch from 2016-17. 19. So I'm fine with the Wisconsin guy as head coach. Everyone's like, oh, go outside the building, change the stupid old way of doing it. I'm fine. I, I would like a Wisconsin guy as head coach. 
go outside the building for an offensive coordinator. Go outside the building for new ideas and successful experience there. Because that's going to be the most important impact they have. If Jim Leonard's at the top and he's recruiting and the defense is great, go get me Tom Herman. Go get me a guy that can lead the offense uh, more so than what is currently going on. Um, Again, they're going to be competing with a lot of programs for some of these openings, notably Nebraska, which is going to be interesting. Leads into a conversation I'll have in a bit of which job is really better. I think it's an interesting uh, perspective. One other thing to note in terms of hiring of a new staff, as well as uh, the head coach or the offensive coordinator, does Wisconsin, does the money coming in, does the Wisconsin being in the Big Ten long term lead, let's say, Dave Aranda? And I don't think Aranda, for the record, would leave Baylor to come to Wisconsin. But does Wisconsin being in the Big Ten lead someone like that to reconsider whether they want to be part of this new age? Just Food for thought. I don't know if it's the end-all, be-all. I don't think Aranda would leave, but it is a valuable piece of all of it. question is, with all, what the hell does Wisconsin do with all the money they get from TV contracts? And that leads me into, what needs to change about this football program? There's going to be a new coach. There uh, is likely to be a lot of new staff members. But what does this program need to do to actually move forward? Because one knock you can have on this program is sometimes they move too slow, whether it's on the field and how they play or off the field, the recruiting department for the last couple of years. This move with Paul Christ, this is not moving slow. This is running the hurry up offense, which we haven't really seen the Badgers ever do. So now what does the program have to do and the department to actually join, not the top of the top, but how do they actually succeed as college football moves forward? It's a bottom line thing for me. They have to invest more into recruiting. They have to invest more into the recruiting department, scouting, talent evaluation, talent acquisition as a whole, portal, scouts, right? Like this isn't only a high school proposition. Are there guys watching tape of every other game to find the best transfer portal guys available? Are they going to invest more in the coaching staff? All of that. This program is going to be making a shit ton of money. Pardon my language. It's on podcast. It doesn't matter. Not on radio. This program's going to be making a shit ton of money going forward. How do they disperse those funds? Are they dumping it in to the various departments to improve how this program evaluates talent, how they bring in talent, how they succeed on the field? Because guess what? If you want to make more money, and we know money drives this sport, but if you want to succeed at the highest level, what do you need? You need better players. And then as well, as a good staff to coach them, but you need really good players. You need to find diamonds in the rough. You're not getting five stars from Florida. You're not getting five stars from California. So what do you have to do? You have to find the great players that other programs can't find. And these days, like Wisconsin's done it forever, right? But these days with all that's available, the teams that spend the most are going to be the teams that succeed the most. I think it all boils down to that with obviously some exceptions when you are the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We'll get to them in a second. Pour money into the program. You'll see the results. That is the overarching statement here. That is what the program has to do because good God, the money is there and it is coming in. The second part is a little more of a gray area, but I'm going to say it. Wisconsin does a great job right now, I think, using NIL to retain talent as a talent retention tool. 
Now, using NIL as a talent acquisition tool is against the rules. However, I think as college football moves forward and we separate them from the NCAA, that will no longer be the case. Now, obviously, every program in the damn country, minus however, all the top programs, A&M, Bama, you name it, Ohio State, they use NIL as a way to bring people in, talent acquisition. Wisconsin does not do that. Would I say that I would be in favor of doing that and skirting the rules that don't really exist? I'm not going to officially say that. I'm just going to outline what I think is wrong and what I think is right, and you know, you make the decision. The talent retention part, Wisconsin's done a really good job at, especially with their good players. You don't see a Jordan Addison at Pitt go to USC or a Jameer Gibbs at Georgia Tech go to Bama. Once they're in there, they're making money, but how do you get the top talent in the building? The first is you invest money, actually, into all these things with people, with resources, all of that. Another is, I mean, you tap in the NIL funds, you call up, you know, your big David Gruber, what's up? Call up uh, Mr. Culver or, I don't know, whoever is the CEO of Epic. You get that money and you go out on the recruiting trail. Again, I'm, I'm not saying I'm in favor of it. I'm just outlining maybe what will change as time goes forward. Then you have your, your own conclusions based off that. Um, a couple other things. What this program needs to change. That's the recruiting part, the, the money part. I think this move, firing Chris and hiring another guy, I think McIntosh wants this program to really be right by the time the college football playoff expands. Because why did, this is a very small example, but why did Billy Shrouth go to Notre Dame? He said he was he wanted to compete for national titles. Because Notre Dame's been in the playoff. Have they really been up there to win a national title? No. Those playoff teams, like Ian Book, Ian Book was not winning a damn national title. Come on. But Notre Dame was in the playoff because they went undefeated and uh, against as an independent. That aside, making the playoff is a massive, massive hurdle to jump in today's era because not a lot of programs can say it, or I guess more than you would expect, but still, not a lot. And selling that to the kids in addition to whatever else is uh, being brought to the table throughout the career, whatever, it's very important. So playoff expands in three, four years. Program has to be right until then, or by then, I guess. You want to stack success to get to that point. That should be, really. When this new hire happens, hopefully it's seamless. Hopefully it's great immediately. 2024, I guess, is what I would circle now. 2023 used to be my my year to for Wisconsin to go do it, to go win the Big Ten or get close to it. Chris is gone. There's going to be a turnover. I can't see them just immediately being great again unless – they just Lincoln Riley the portal and get every top quarterback and running back and linebacker, which I don't think Wisconsin can do. So three, four years down the road, when the playoff expands, are you good enough as a program to make it? I think that should be the important question we are asking when it comes to all of that. Um, in order to do that, have to reestablish identity, obviously, but you have to maximize like your top years, your ceiling. And when I say ceiling, I don't mean how high you could possibly go, it's what can you do consistently. Their ceiling is 2017, 2019, 2016, getting the Big Ten title with a damn good team. You have to maximize those years. How do you do that? 
This is the I I started this eight times on my notepad. I circled it too, because God, it has been it's been eating me alive over the last couple of years. This program has to invest more into the damn quarterback position. And since this is not a knock on Graham Mertz, since Graham Mertz has arrived in Madison, the program has done absolutely nothing to bolster the quarterback room. Yes, they landed Miles Burkett and Deacon Hill as recruits, but I mean, they're both really young right now. Like, let's say in the event this year or prior year, like, what if Mertz just left? You're left with Miles Burkett is a true freshman and Deacon Hill's what, a redshirt freshman? And this isn't a knock on them either. You don't really have much success if you are suddenly going to true freshman quarterbacks to succeed, especially at this school. They weren't willing, Chris was not willing with Mertz to go into the portal to get a quarterback. I think this program has to do that. Where, let's say you're a top quarterback around the country. I made this argument for Caleb Williams. I was proven wrong because this offensive line right now is not good. However, going forward, let's say you're Caleb Williams. And take away all the sideshow stuff with the dad and the relationship. And take away the fact that he was at Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley and USC's obvious choice. Let's say he was coming up at Kansas State. Caleb Williams, the second coming of of Caleb Williams, who is Heisman contender, future NFL guy. He's in the portal. The situation at Kansas State sucks. He wants to find a new place to be. What if Wisconsin has a complete team? They have the best O-line in the Big Ten, hopefully by that point. Great running backs. They have adequate receivers and a solid tight end, but he is surrounded by a great offensive scheme, and he'll never get touched because the line is so good, and the defense is top five in the country. It's going to be hard to convince me there are better situations for a one-and-done port, uh, transfer portal quarterback to go to, right? Because he's going to the NFL anyway. What better situation to go to the NFL than playing behind a dominant offensive line with a great run game? Obviously, in order to do this, you have to get a great offensive line and reestablish a great run game, which over time I think this program will do. I'm confident they'll do that. But they have to invest in the quarterback position. They have to put more into it. Because a year like 2021, with a defense like that, it's going to come around not often. Once every, I don't know, what, seven, eight, ten years? You need to make sure in those scenarios, you have the best guy at quarterback. Because if you do, that's when you're able to maximize your ceiling. That's when you're able to jump above your ceiling. Like if, if you put a great quarterback on the 2021 team, They could have given Michigan a real run in the Big Ten title. Like That defense could have hung with Michigan and their ground game. So going forward, that's how I see, that's what the focus has to be. Um, I think they're just, overall, massive changes are needed. Like if they just hire a guy and we don't see more investment into talent and evaluation and construction and all that stuff, portal, top-end assistance, overall spending with the program, I think... I. You're kind of setting your new coach up to not succeed or not succeed as much as he can. So that's on that's a Macintosh thing, I think. We're just a program wide how they approach the future. And the coach is gonna have a big part of that. Don't get me wrong. Urban Meyer went to Ohio State. He brought SEC recruiting. He made sure things were done his way. So whoever they bring in, just gotta work together. Things there has to be more of an investment into success at this program, I think. Um couple more things until I'm out of here. I need to eat lunch. 
haven't eaten since like 6 a.m. How good of a job is Wisconsin? I'm going to ask that. Think about it. Take a sip of water. Ponder that. How good of a job is Wisconsin right now? Wisconsin and Nebraska. Which job is better? I think they're interesting questions. The Wisconsin program, they have an established identity. You don't have that everywhere. You can't go and find an identity. Nebraska does not have an established identity. They're losers. They've been losers for 20 years. However, what do they have? They have endless buckets of NIL money. They have they have unlimited resources pulled into the program. It kind of depends on who you are, I think. If I'm Lance Leipold and I'm more of a program builder, freaking undefeated at Kansas. Are you kidding me? And I don't recruit at a necessarily high level. Wisconsin would appeal to me more. A lot of support, or hopefully more support than there's been. Uh, good fan support. There's the identity. I just have to play into it. I have to maximize it. As opposed to going to Nebraska and try to teach them how to win. And try to establish an entire identity. I think Wisconsin's a better job now. But I don't think it's that far. Because Nebraska still has a ceiling. Wisconsin doesn't. And that has to do with the monetary investment some people are willing to have into that program. Um, I, I do think Wisconsin is a really good job. I think it's going to be one of the top ones open. Auburn's probably going to be the best job open. What's their ceiling? A national title. We've seen it. Wisconsin probably come in second, maybe third. I don't know. But the thing is, not everyone's a fit at this program. Again, I don't think Urban Meyer, to use a random example that no one's discussed, I'm sure, I'm not sure Urban Meyer comes into this program and wins. I'm really not. I don't think what he does would work here. And maybe you'd bring in better players. I just don't think it's sustainable. Plus, you know, he's kind of a... a pe- What's the best way to say this? He's kind of a piece of crap um, to watch my language. So, no Urban Meyer. Uh, it's a good job. L- great culture. Great living. In the Big Ten. Set up for a while there. Great job security. Right, like this Paul Chris firing. The reason it's so surprising is because this program does not fire coaches. Gary Anderson, uh, that's obviously an aside, but you go Barry Alvarez, Brett Bielema, Paul Christ. So the next guy knows that he's going to have a lot of security. I do think the next guy's Leonard, but if it's not, if he comes in from the outside, and Nebraska, I mean, they'll fire your ass if you. I guess I can't say if you go three and nine because that's what Scott Frost did last year, but. That's Scott Frost still. That's like the the holy son of the program. If Lance Leipold goes to Nebraska and wins two games in his first year, I don't. I'm probably going to get rid of him after two years or three. Wisconsin will give you a much longer leash. That's why I think it could be attractive. Just wish there was more of an NIL commitment, but that's neither here nor there. All right, that is uh, a lot of the overall thoughts. I'm going to check Twitter again to see if I have any... Um, more questions or or comments to discuss. I, I have a bunch of questions I'm going to get to in a minute. And thank you for interacting. Um, let's see. This is great podcasting, by the way. This is what a an hour or it's 43 minutes now of rambling gets you. Not much was prepped. I just you know the top of the brain. I felt like I needed to speak. I couldn't just wait until Tuesday, given all of the. All of the chatter around town, a lot of the Wisconsin slander, 
a lot of the, I don't know. I'll let you sift through all the content out there and choose which is best. Being here, I think, says you have great taste, at least to start. Questions. Ron hits us up. Thank you, Ron. Projecting Leonard becomes permanent head coach, what coaches do you think aren't retained? I kind of hit on that earlier. Number one, everybody on offense. Uh, I think Bostad stays in whatever role, hopefully inside linebackers, and that position can return to greatness. I think everybody on offense, uh, if Leonard stays, I think almost everyone, if not everyone, on offense is gone. And I have no information on this. This is just my thought when I look at the future. I think the defense mostly stays, maybe with Bostad back to inside linebacker, and definitely April. I really like what Ross Kalaji's done along the defensive line. So maybe the defense stays, but uh, Bostad in April 100%, I would feel. And then the offensive staff, I would think Leonard goes elsewhere. Thank you, Ron. CT Badger hits us up. Thank you. Should we be prepared for things to get worse before they get better? All the other issues that existed before are not magically going away, and the defensive coordinator is now, quote, distracted, uh, obviously with, you know, being the head coach. Should we be prepared for things to get worse before they get better? It depends if you're talking about a multi-year time span or if you're just talking about this year. Talent retention going into next year is really important. Like, okay, will things get worse throughout the rest of this season? 100%. This team is not going to win a lot more games. Hopefully they do. I don't think they will. When I look around and you just fired your coach. Like, look at Nebraska. They've been horrible. They just beat Indiana, but Indiana sucks. They're not going to have a very successful year, and there's a lot of turmoil when you fire your coach. The personnel in that Nebraska defense also sucks. Meanwhile, this Wisconsin team is struggling. They have a lot of potential still. Like, there's that crazy scenario where they turn it around. Ten-point favorites at Northwestern this weekend, and then the Big Ten West is winnable. Who the hell knows? Maybe something crazy happens this season. But this year, I would expect things get a bit worse than they were, which is hard to see because Saturday was pretty damn bad. Um, what's important going into next year, I've talked about it a bit, talent retention. If Leonard stays, you have to do whatever you can to keep all of the players, the top players around. The worst thing that could happen, everyone transfers out, and then you actually have to start from scratch. Because this program has recruited well from 2019 to 21, and all those guys are now coming up to be the starters. So you need to retain talent. You need to do the most you can. Uh, it could be the most star talent on the field this program's ever had, which is crazy to say it might be a new coach that is coaching those guys. If all goes well, if all goes perfectly, next year's a chance for a real bounce-back year. Then you get Alabama coming into Madison the year after. But we can get to that when that We'll cross the bridge when we get to it. If you get good quarterback play, I don't think Mertz is going to be the starter next season. I would assume they go to the portal, whoever's the new coach is, to find a quarterback to come in. But let's say, let's look best-case scenario here. What if somehow next season they have all the talent in the world along the line? It plays well. Braylon Allen is still in college. Garendo is still there, I think. You have all the receivers back. They have more experience. You have, uh, hopefully, Clay Cundiff. Like, man, that injury sucked, and I feel so bad for him because he was playing so well. Hopefully, the tight end position's good. What if you bring in a quarterback? And then Leonard, if there's one thing he's good at, it's making the defense top five in the country. 
He does great work on the defense. I don't know. Next year could be, could be a bounce back year if all goes perfectly. If the O-line turns it around mainly, and if quarterback play improves, if they get a new one, I don't know. But that's if Leonard is, you know, sticks around and can retain talent. If the talent stays and they go to the portal and make some good moves, I really think this team could compete for the West next year. However, if the talent goes, the portal is there to rebuild rosters, yet, I mean, look at the secondary this season. They rebuilt it in the portal, hasn't performed all that well. There's a lot of unknowns um, here. So it's hard to say it won't get worse. I think entering next season, they'll turn it around and we'll see improvement. But this year, until the end, expect some, uh, what's the word? Not not really inspiring football. And if they come out with their hair on fire because it's Leonard now, I don't know. We'll see. I need to see the Northwestern game before I look at it in that lens. Our guy, uh, my guy, Ben Stevens, hits me up. He says, will you personally make the trip to Whitewater to speak to deeply indebted moles about a certain football coach? Obviously, referring to Mr. Lance Leipold. My official statement on the matter, all I can say, I am too busy paying people to stand here in Madison at every local bus stop and airplane tarmac to see when said coach maybe is brought in for an interview, though I can reach out to my sources in Whitewater. I don't have sources in Whitewater. I have no connection to Whitewater. Maybe I should. Maybe I should learn more about it so they can bring in Leipold. I don't know. Uh, John hits us up. What is successful for Jimmy this year? What guarantees him the job? What keeps him in the hunt? What is successful this year? Let's start there. A bowl game. If this team goes 4-3 and and makes a bowl, I think that is a terrific coaching job from Leonard and everybody there. Any significant turnaround, honestly, on either side of the ball, like if this defense starts to ball out and the offense maybe as well, offensive line starts to play well, I think that's a great coaching job. I don't know. I think he's guaranteed a chance at the job anyway. I don't think anything that happens, how can I expect Jim Leonard to make the offensive line play great again? I can't, and that might be the thing that holds this team back. I don't know. So, I don't know. I think he is guaranteed the job if he wants it. I don't have information on that. That's just my thought. And then we'll see at the end of the year. Thank you, John. Garrett hits us up. He says, what does McIntosh need to see from Leonard to make him the permanent coach? Um, That's the same thing. I think uh, it's a mutual thing. I think it'll be Leonard and McIntosh together deciding if he's ready. And I really think it would be unfair for this to be a tryout. For this year, the rest of the season, to be a tryout to see what Leonard can bring. I think that'd be really unfair. A couple more. Uh, Wisconsin Saints says, if Leonard is retained, what staff changes do you see him making? Uh, offensive staff, mainly. I like. Can we revamp the, the vibe of, of the offense in this damn program? Because for years it has been so lethargic. Bring in someone with some damn energy, with some success, with some experience, ideas, whatever, just like, can we infuse some energy in this freaking offense? Because it is, it has been, it's like tearing your hair out watching it for the last three years. Oh. Right wing EGR says, how come this happened so soon instead of an end of season deal? Do you see Leonard become the next head coach or will they bring someone in for next season? Uh, I've kind of hit all of that 
the reason it happened now, you want to leave options open if Leonard doesn't want the job or if he doesn't think he's ready. You can't really just wait around these days because Leipold will go somewhere. Who knows? All the guy, Half the guys I mentioned might be elsewhere. The, uh, the landscape will look a lot different at the end of this season than it does right now. Oren hits us up. He says, odds on Urban Meyer being hired, 1,000 to 1. Zero <sighs> percent. No more Urban Meyer talk. Though I have heard from uh, some unnamed person on Twitter, not going to name them, that Nick Saban really likes Wisconsin. Maybe he'll come there. You can go find that if you want. Tanner hits us up. He said, hey, Ben, curious on a few things uh, about Chris firing. Do you and other people with inside information want to stop you there? I don't have inside information about the future of the program or anything. I, I don't think anyone really does. But do we get the sense this is a tryout for Leonard? Okay, yeah, I've already hit on most of that. What would have to happen for them to look elsewhere come December? Uh, no inside info. It's just only my gut sense when I look at the timeline, when I look at what makes sense really from the perspective of McIntosh and the perspective of Leonard. What would need to happen, it's just like Leonard says he doesn't want the job. That's really what I think it is. And I could be proven wrong. I've been wrong before. Maybe this is a true tryout. And then I don't know how I would really feel about that. They have to give him a fair shake, and I don't think this is a fair shake. I really, I don't think it's a tryout. There's my logic talking back and forth in my brain. Kyle asks, do you think McIntosh consulted with Alvarez? 100%. There's no way he wasn't there, at least talking about it. He was probably with him. And then McIntosh maybe made the last decision. I don't know. Um, so that's that's the questions. I appreciate all of you chiming in. Let's see. What else do I have to hit on? We're going to talk. So another show tomorrow, 6 to 7 tomorrow. Leonard and Leipold. I'm going to get into more of the Leipold stuff specifically. I didn't today because I think it's Jim Leonard. But let's say in some event it's not. Why would Leipold make sense? Why would he not? I'm going to get in more to him, his career, some thoughts on what it could look like under him, maybe staff changes along those lines. Um, again, Zach is out with COVID. I figure he will be out tomorrow as well. Hope he gets well soon. We need him back. I need his thoughts on all this. I can't just like yelling into the ether. Uh, I will be live again, 6 to 7 tomorrow, continuing the conversation, talking about some on-field stuff as well. We'll talk about the Illinois game. I, I didn't even mention the damn football game, right, except for the overall sense from it. And honestly, I don't know how deep we'll get into specifics because that's not the story right now with this football program. I will note, Wisconsin, again, is 10-point favorites at Northwestern. If you ever want an indication as to how bad that football team is in Evanston, Wisconsin is favored by 10. I will also note, I would not be surprised if they lost again and Evan Hull runs wild. I think Vegas doesn't put enough stock into the head coaching bump like we saw at Nebraska against Oklahoma where first two series, Mickey Joseph is there, no Scott Frost, Oklahoma in town. Team looked freaking awesome. And then Oklahoma beat him by 40. And since then, Oklahoma has been quite poor. So that'll be interesting. We'll talk about the Northwestern game. I mean... What could change for this team to succeed? I'm going to finish on this high note. Like, I'm going to look up the Big Ten West standings right now because 
I haven't even talked about last week in a in the Big Ten. Big Ten West standings. I, I know Wisconsin's at the bottom at 0-2. Illinois is number one. Actually, uh, what am I kidding? There's there are six teams tied for first. Wisconsin is one game back of first place in this. Let's call it like it is. Pretty crap division. We just saw Illinois. We know they're going to drop games down the stretch of the season. Northwestern's also 1-1 one because one they beat Nebraska somehow, but they're horrible. They've lost four in a row. Purdue is good. I was wrong. They're winning. They ran the ball on Saturday. Really impressive win at Minnesota. Purdue is probably, Purdue and Minnesota, no doubt, the favorites, but they're both 1-1 one one where we sit today. Nebraska's 1-1. One one. They're a freaking disaster. And Iowa's 1-1. One one. They're inept on offense. So, Sounds crazy to say, but like, what if Wisconsin wins by 30 against Northwestern, turns it around, and wins the Big Ten West? Just saying. I'm going to put that out there. So, I don't know. This isn't where I thought we'd be today, frankly. Like, it's October 3rd. I thought I'd be at Trader Joe's by now, at least close to eating lunch. But nevertheless, uh, very interesting few months ahead. I appreciate all of you for hanging out. This episode went long. I expected it to. I just wanted to ramble a bit, give my thoughts on the decision to fire Paul Christ. Subscribe to the podcast, like the podcast, follow me on Twitter at Ben Z. Kenny. Leave a rating. Help me continue to make uh, my salary. Continue to talk about this program that I love. That's like, at the end of the day, we're all here with the similar, similar long-term wishes for this program. Many times people get bogged down into the weeds of uh, the... I don't know. Sometimes issues are black and white, like, oh, yeah, they should have done this. They should have done that. Why are they in Wildcat on third and three? At the end of the day, everyone kind of wants the same thing. They just, some see the path to get there differently. And I don't know. It's fun dialogue. All right. Thanks, everyone. I tried to hit an hour. It's 58 minutes. It's good enough. I'll put the intro in. It might work. I will talk to all of you again tomorrow at 6 o'clock. See ya.